section forty seven of essays book two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Essays, Book Two, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Apology for Raymond Sebon. Part Seven. We are to observe that to everything nothing is more dear and estimable than its being. The lion, the eagle, the dolphin, prize nothing above their own kind, and that everything assimilates the qualities of all other things to its own proper qualities, which we may indeed extend or contract, but that's all. For beyond that relation and principle our imagination cannot go, can guess at nothing else nor possibly go out thence, nor stretch beyond it. Whence spring these ancient conclusions? Of all forms, the most beautiful is that of man. Therefore God must be of that form. No one can be happy without virtue, nor virtue be without reason, and reason cannot inhabit anywhere but in a human shape god is therefore clothed in a human figure ita est informatum et anticipatum mentibus nostris ut homini cum de deo cogitet forma occurat humana it is so imprinted in our minds and the fancy is so prepossessed with it that when a man thinks of god a human figure ever presents itself to the imagination Therefore it was that Xenophanes pleasantly said, that if beasts frame any gods to themselves, as tis likely they do, they make them certainly such as themselves are, and glorify themselves in it, as we do. For why may not a goose say thus, All the parts of the universe I have an interest in. The earth serves me to walk upon, the sun to light me, the stars have their influence upon me, I have such an advantage by the winds and such by the waters, there is nothing that yon heavenly roof looks upon so favorably as me, I am the darling of nature. Is it not man that keeps, lodges, and serves me? Tis for me that he both sows and grinds. If he eats me, he does the same by his fellow men, and so do I the worms that kill and devour him. As much might be said by a crane, and with greater confidence upon the account of the liberty of his flight and the possession of that high and beautiful region. Tam blanda conciliatrix et tam sui est lena ipsa natura so flattering and wheedling a bawd is nature to herself now by the same consequence the destinies are then for us for us the world it shines it thunders for us 
creator and creatures all are for us tis the mark and point to which the universality of things aims look into the records that philosophy has kept for two thousand years and more of the affairs of heaven the gods all that while have neither acted nor spoken but for man she does not allow them any other consultation or occupation see them here against us in war domitosque herculea manu telluris juvenes unde periculum fulgens contremuit domus saturni veteris the brawny sons of earth subdued by hand of hercules on the phlegraean strand where the rude shock did such an uproar make as made old saturn's sparkling palace shake and here you shall see them participate of our troubles to make a return for our having so often shared in theirs neptunus muros magnoque emota tridenti fundamenta quatit totamque asedibus urbem eruit hic juno scaes saevissima portas prima tenet amidst that smother neptune holds his place below the wall's foundation drives his mace and heaves the city from its solid base see where in arms the cruel juno stands full in the scaean gate the caunians jealous of the authority of their own proper gods armed themselves on the days of their devotion and through the whole of their precincts ran cutting and slashing the air with their swords by that means to drive away and banish all foreign gods out of their territory their powers are limited according to our necessity this cures horses that men that the plague that the scurf that the phthisic one cures one sort of itch another another adeo minimis etiam rebus prava religio inserit deos at such a rate does false religion create gods for the most contemptible uses this one makes grapes grow that onions this has the precedence over lechery that over merchandise for every sort of artisan a god this has his province and reputation in the east that his in the west hic ilius arma hic curus fuit here lay her armor here her chariot stood o sancte apollo qui umbilicum certum terrarum obtines o sacred phoebus who with glorious ray from the earth's centre dost thy light display palada cecropidae minoia creta dianam vulcanum telus hypsipilea colit junonem sparte pelopeadesque micenae pinigerum fauni mainalis ora caput mars latio venerandus erat the athenians pallas cynthia crete adore vulcan is worshipped on the lemnian shore 
proud juno's altars are by spartans fed the arcadians worship faunus and tis said to mars by italy is homage paid this has only one town or family in his possession that lives alone that in company either voluntary or upon necessity junctaque sunt magno templa nepotis avo and temples to the nephew joined are to those were reared to the great-grandfather in here are some so wretched and mean for the number amounts to six and thirty thousand that they must pack five or six together to produce one ear of corn and thence take their several names three to a door that of the plank that of the hinge and that of the threshold four to a child protectors of his swathing clouts his drink meat and sucking some certain some uncertain and doubtful and some that are not yet entered paradise quos quoniam celinondum dignamor honore quas dedimus certe terras habitare sinamus whom since we yet not worthy think of heaven we suffer to possess the earth we've given there are amongst them physicians poets and civilians some of a mean betwixt the divine and human nature mediators betwixt god and us adorned with a certain second and diminutive sort of adoration infinite in titles and offices some good others ill some old and decrepit and some that are mortal for chrysippus was of opinion that in the last conflagration of the world all the gods were to die but jupiter man makes a thousand pretty societies betwixt god and him is he not his countryman jovis incunabula cretin crete the cradle of jupiter and this is the excuse that upon consideration of this subject scaevola a high priest and waro a great theologian in their times make us that it is necessary that the people should be ignorant of many things that are true and believe many things that are false cum veritatem qua liberetur inquirat credatur ei expedire quod falitur seeing he inquires into the truth by which he would be made free tis fit he should be deceived human eyes cannot perceive things but by the forms they know and we do not remember what a leap miserable phaeton took for attempting to guide his father's horses with a mortal hand the mind of man falls into as great a depth and is after the same manner bruised and shattered by his own rashness if you ask of philosophy of what matter the heavens and the sun are what answer will she return if not that it is iron or with anaxagoras 
stone, or some other matter that she makes use of. If a man inquire of Zeno what nature is, a fire, says he, an artisan, proper for generation and regularly proceeding. Archimedes, master of that science which attributes to itself the precedency before all others for truth and certainty, the sun, says he, is a god of red-hot iron. Was not this a fine imagination extracted from the inevitable necessity of geometrical demonstrations? Yet not so inevitable and useful, but that Socrates thought it was enough to know so much of geometry only as to measure the land a man bought or sold. And that Polyinus, who had been a great and famous doctor in it, despised it, as full of falsity and manifest vanity, after he had once tasted the delicate fruits of the lozily gardens of Epicurus. Socrates, in Xenophon, concerning this affair, says of Anaxagoras, reputed by antiquity learned above all others in celestial and divine matters, that he had cracked his brain, as all other men do, who too immoderately search into knowledges which nothing belong to them. When he made the sun to be a burning stone, he did not consider that a stone does not shine in the fire, and, which is worse, that it will there consume. And in making the sun and fire one, that fire does not turn the complexions black in shining upon them, that we are able to look fixedly upon fire, and that fire kills herbs and plants. Tis Socrates's opinion, and mine too, that the best judging of heaven is not to judge of it at all. Plato, having occasion, in his Timaeus, to speak of the demons, this undertaking, says he, exceeds my ability. We are therefore to believe those ancients who said they were begotten by them. Tis against all reason to refuse a man's faith to the children of the gods, though what they say should not be proved by any necessary or probable reasons, seeing they engage to speak of domestic and familiar things. Let us see if we have a little more light in the knowledge of human and natural things. Is it not a ridiculous attempt for us to forge for those to whom, by our own confession, our knowledge is not able to attain, another body, and to lend a false form of our own invention, as is manifest in this motion of the planets, to which seeing our wits cannot possibly arrive, nor conceive their natural conduct, we lend them material, heavy, and substantial springs of our own by which to move. Temo aureus aurea sumai, curvatura rotai, radiorum argenteus ordo. Gold was the axle, and the beam was gold, 
the wheels with silver spokes on golden circles rolled you would say that we had had coachmakers carpenters and painters that went up on high to make engines of various motions and to range the wheelwork and interfacings of the heavenly bodies of differing colors about the axis of necessity according to plato mundus domus est maxima rerum quam quinque altitonae fragmine zonae cingunt perquam limbus pictus bis sex signis stellimicantibus altus in obliquo aetera lunae bigas acceptat the world's a mansion that doth all things hold which thundering zones in number five enfold through which a girdle painted with twelve signs and that with sparkling constellations shines in heaven's arch marks the diurnal course for the sun's chariot and his fiery horse these are all dreams and fanatic follies why will not nature please for once to lay open her bosom to us and plainly discover to us the means and conduct of her movements and prepare our eyes to see them good god what abuse what mistakes should we discover in our poor science i am mistaken if that weak knowledge of ours holds any one thing as it really is and i shall depart hence more ignorant of all other things than my own ignorance have i not read in plato this divine saying that nature is nothing but enigmatic poesy as if a man might perhaps see a veiled and shady picture breaking out here and there with an infinite variety of false lights to puzzle our conjectures latent ista omnia crassis occultata et circumfusa tenebres ut nulla acies humani ingenii tanta sit quae penetrare in celum teram intrare posit all those things lie concealed and involved in so dark an obscurity that no point of human wit can be so sharp as to pierce heaven or penetrate the earth and certainly philosophy is no other than sophisticated poetry whence do the ancient writers extract their authorities but from the poets and the first of them were poets themselves and writ accordingly plato is but a poet unripped timon calls him insultingly a monstrous forger of miracles all superhuman sciences make use of the poetic style just as women make use of teeth of ivory where the natural are wanting and instead of their true complexion make one of some artificial matter as they stuff themselves out with cotton to appear plump and in the sight of every one do paint patch and trick up themselves with a false and borrowed beauty so does science and even our law itself has they say legitimate fictions 
whereon it builds the truth of its justice. She gives us, in presupposition, and for current pay, things which she herself informs us were invented. For these epicycles, eccentrics, and concentrics, which astrology makes use of to carry on the motions of the stars, she gives us for the best she could invent upon that subject. As also, in all the rest, philosophy presents us not that which really is, or what she really believes, but what she has contrived with the greatest and most plausible likelihood of truth, and the quaintest invention. Plato, upon the discourse of the state of human bodies and those of beasts, says, I should know that what I have said is truth, had I the confirmation of an oracle. But this I will affirm, that what I have said is the most likely to be true of anything I could say. Tis not to heaven only that art sends her ropes, engines, and wheels. Let us consider a little what she says of us ourselves and of our contexture. There is not more retrogradation, trepidation, accession, recession, and astonishment in the stars and celestial bodies than they have found out in this poor little human body. In earnest, they have good reason upon that very account to call it the little world. So many tools and parts have they employed to erect and build it. To assist the motions they see in man, and the various functions that we find in ourselves, in how many parts have they divided the soul, in how many places lodged it, in how many orders have they divided, and to how many stories have they raised this poor creature, man, besides those that are natural and to be perceived? And how many offices and vocations have they assigned him? They make it an imaginary public thing. Tis a subject that they hold and handle, and they have full power granted to them to rip place, displace, piece, and stuff it, every one according to his own fancy, and yet they possess it not. They cannot, not in reality only, but even in dreams, so govern it that there will not be some cadence or sound that will escape their architecture as enormous as it is, and botched with a thousand false and fantastic patches and it is not reason to excuse them. For though we are satisfied with painters when they paint heaven, earth, seas, mountains, and remote islands, that they give us some slight mark of them, and as of things unknown, are content with a faint and obscure description. Yet when they come and draw us after life, or any other creature which is known and familiar to us, we then require of them a perfect and exact representation of lineaments and colors, and despise them if they fail in it. I am very well pleased with the Milesian girl 
who observing the philosopher thales to be always contemplating the celestial arch and to have his eyes ever gazing upward laid something in his way that he might stumble over to put him in mind that it would be time to take up his thoughts about things that are in the clouds when he had provided for those that were under his feet doubtless she advised him well rather to look to himself than to gaze at heaven for as democritus says by the mouth of cicero quod est ante pedes nemo spectat celi scrutantur plagas no man regards what is under his feet they are always prying towards heaven but our condition will have it so that the knowledge of what we have in hand is as remote from us and as much above the clouds as that of the stars as socrates says in plato that whoever meddles with philosophy may be reproached as thales was by the woman that he sees nothing of that which is before him for every philosopher is ignorant of what his neighbour does ay and of what he does himself and is ignorant of what they both are whether beasts or men those people who find sebant's arguments too weak that are ignorant of nothing that govern the world that know all quae mare compescant causae quid temperet annum stellae sponte sua iusaue vagentur et erent quid premat obscurum lunae quid proferat orbem quid velit et possit rerum concordia discors what governs ocean's tides and through the various year the seasons guides whether the stars by their own proper force or foreign power pursue their wandering course why shadows darken the pale queen of night whence she renews her orb and spreads her light what nature's jarring sympathy can mean have they not sometimes in their writings sounded the difficulties they have met with of knowing their own being we see very well that the finger moves that the foot moves that some parts assume a voluntary motion of themselves without our consent and that others work by our direction that one sort of apprehension occasions blushing another paleness such an imagination works upon the spleen only another upon the brain one occasions laughter another tears another stupefies and astonishes all our senses and arrests the motion of all our members at one object the stomach will rise at another a member that lies something lower but how a spiritual impression should make such a breach into a massy and solid subject and the nature of the connection and contexture of these admirable springs and movements never yet man knew omnia incerterationes et in naturae majestate abdita 
all uncertain in reason and concealed in the majesty of nature says pliny and saint augustine modus quo corporibus adhaerent spiritus omninu mirus est nec comprehendi ab homine potest et hoc ipse homo est the manner whereby souls adhere to bodies is altogether wonderful and cannot be conceived by man and yet this is man and yet it is not so much as doubted for the opinions of men are received according to the ancient belief by authority and upon trust as if it were religion and law tis received as gibberish which is commonly spoken this truth with all its clutter of arguments and proofs is admitted as a firm and solid body that is no more to be shaken no more to be judged of on the contrary every one according to the best of his talent corroborates and fortifies this received belief with the utmost power of his reason which is a supple utensil pliable and to be accommodated to any figure and thus the world comes to be filled with lies and fopperies the reason that men doubt of diverse things is that they never examine common impressions they do not dig to the root where the faults and defects lie they only debate upon the branches they do not examine whether such and such a thing be true but if it has been so and so understood it is not inquired into whether galen has said anything to purpose but whether he has said so or so in truth it was very good reason that this curb to the liberty of our judgments and that tyranny over our opinions should be extended to the schools and arts the god of scholastic knowledge is aristotle tis irreligion to question any of his decrees as it was those of lycurgus at sparta his doctrine is a magisterial law which peradventure is as false as another i do not know why i should not as willingly embrace either the ideas of plato or the atoms of epicurus or the plenum or vacuum of leucippus and democritus or the water of thales or the infinity of nature of anaximander or the air of diogenes or the numbers and symmetry of pythagoras or the infinity of parmenides or the one of musaeus or the water and fire of apollodorus or the similar parts of anaxagoras or the discord and friendship of empedocles or the fire of heraclitus or any other opinion of that infinite confusion of opinions and determinations which this fine human reason produces by its certitude and clear-sightedness in everything it meddles withal as i should the opinion of aristotle upon this subject of the principles of natural things 
which principles he builds of three pieces matter form and privation and what can be more vain than to make inanity itself the cause of the production of things privation is a negative of what humour could he then make the cause and original of things that are and yet that were not to be controverted but for the exercise of logic there is nothing disputed therein to bring it into doubt but to defend the author of the school from foreign objections his authority is the non ultra beyond which it is not permitted to inquire it is very easy upon approved foundations to build whatever we please for according to the law and ordering of this beginning the other parts of the structure are easily carried on without any failure by this way we find our reason well grounded and discourse at a venture for our masters prepossess and gain beforehand as much room in our belief as is necessary towards concluding afterwards what they please as geometricians do by their granted demands the consent and approbation we allow them giving them wherewith to draw us to the right and left and to whirl us about at their pleasure whatever springs from these presuppositions is our master and our god he will take the level of his foundations so ample and so easy that by them he may mount us up to the clouds if he so please in this practice and negotiation of science we have taken the saying of pythagoras that every expert person ought to be believed in his own art for current pay the logician refers the signification of words to the grammarians the rhetorician borrows the state of arguments from the logician the poet his measure from the musician the geometrician his proportions from the arithmetician and the metaphysicians take physical conjectures for their foundations for every science has its principle presupposed by which human judgment is everywhere kept in check if you come to rush against the bar where the principal error lies they have presently this sentence in their mouths that there is no disputing with persons who deny principles now men can have no principles if not revealed to them by the divinity of all the rest the beginning the middle and the end is nothing but dream and vapour to those that contend upon presupposition we must on the contrary presuppose to them the same axiom upon which the dispute is for every human presupposition and declaration has as much authority one as another if reason do not make the difference wherefore they are all to be put into the balance and first the generals and those that tyrannize over us the persuasion of certainty 
is a certain testimony of folly and extreme incertainty and there are not a more foolish sort of men nor that are less philosophers than the philodoxes of plato we must inquire whether fire be hot whether snow be white if there be any such things as hard or soft within our knowledge and as to those answers of which they make old stories as he that doubted if there was any such thing as heat whom they bid throw himself into the fire and he that denied the coldness of ice whom they bid to put ice into his bosom they are pitiful things unworthy of the profession of philosophy if they had let us alone in our natural being to receive the appearance of things without us according as they present themselves to us by our senses and had permitted us to follow our own natural appetites governed by the condition of our birth they might then have reason to talk at that rate but tis from them we have learned to make ourselves judges of the world tis from them that we derive this fancy that human reason is controller general of all that is without and within the roof of heaven that comprehends everything that can do everything by the means of which everything is known and understood this answer would be good among the cannibals who enjoy the happiness of a long quiet and peaceable life without aristotle's precepts and without the knowledge of the name of physics this answer would perhaps be of more value and greater force than all those they borrow from their reason and invention of this all animals and all where the power of the law of nature is yet pure and simple would be as capable as we but as for them they have renounced it they need not tell us it is true for you see and feel it to be so they must tell me whether i really feel what i think i do and if i do feel it they must then tell me why i feel it and how and what let them tell me the name original the parts and junctures of heat and cold the qualities of the agent and patient or let them give up their profession which is not to admit or approve of anything but by the way of reason that is their test in all sorts of essays but certainly tis a test full of falsity error weakness and defect which way can we better prove it than by itself if we are not to believe her when speaking of herself she can hardly be thought fit to judge of foreign things if she know anything it must at least be her own being and abode she is in the soul and either a part or an effect of it for true and essential reason from which we by a false colour borrow the name is lodged in the bosom of the almighty 
there is her habitation and recess tis thence that she imparts her rays when god is pleased to impart any beam of it to mankind as pallas issued from her father's head to communicate herself to the world now let us see what human reason tells us of herself and of the soul not of the soul in general of which almost all philosophy makes the celestial and first bodies participants nor of that which thales attributed to things which themselves are reputed inanimate led thereto by the consideration of the lodestone but of that which appertains to us and that we ought the best to know ignoratur enim quae sit natura animae nata sit an contra nascentibus insinuetur et simul intereat nobiscum morte deremta an tenebris orci visat vastasque lacunas an pecudes alias divinitus insinuet se for none the nature of the soul doth know whether that it be born with us or no or be infused into us at our birth and dies with us when we return to earth or then descends to the black shades below or into other animals does go crates and dicaearchus were of opinion that there was no soul at all but that the body thus stirs by a natural motion plato that it was a substance moving of itself thales a nature without repose asclepiades an exercising of the senses hesiod and anaximander a thing composed of earth and water parmenides of earth and fire empedocles of blood sanguineam vomit ille animam he vomits up his bloody soul posidonius cleanthes and galen that it was heat or a hot complexion igneus est oles vigor et calestis origo their vigor of fire and of heavenly race hippocrates a spirit diffused all over the body varro that it was an air received at the mouth heated in the lungs moistened in the heart and diffused throughout the whole body zeno the quintessence of the four elements heraclides ponticus that it was the light xenocrates and the egyptians a mobile number the chaldeans a virtue without any determinate form habitum quem dam vitalem corporis essa harmoniam graeci quam dicunt a certain vital habit in man's frame which harmony the grecian sages name let us not forget aristotle who held the soul to be that which naturally causes the body to move which he calls entelechia with as cold an invention as any of the rest for he neither speaks of the essence nor of the original 
nor of the nature of the soul, but only takes notice of the effect. Lactantius, Seneca, and most of the dogmatists have confessed that it was a thing they did not understand. After all this enumeration of opinions, Harum sententiarum quo vera sit, Deus aliquis videret. Of these opinions, which is the true, let some God determine, says Cicero. I know by myself, says St. Bernard, how incomprehensible God is, seeing I cannot comprehend the parts of my own being. Heraclitus, who was of opinion that every being was full of souls and demons, did nevertheless maintain that no one could advance so far towards the knowledge of the soul as ever to arrive at it, so profound was the essence of it. Neither is there less controversy and debate about seating of it. Hippocrates and Hierophilus place it in the ventricle of the brain. Democritus and Aristotle throughout the whole body. Ut bona saepe valetudo cum dicitur esse corporis et non est tamen haec pars ulla valentis. As when the body's health they do it call, when of a sound man that's no part at all. Epicurus in the stomach. Hic exultat enim pavor ac metus, haec loca circum laetitiae mulcent. For this the seat of horror is and fear, and joys in turn do likewise triumph here. The Stoics about and within the heart. Aristratus adjoining the membrane of the epicranium. Empedocles in the blood, as also Moses, which was the reason why he interdicted eating the blood of beasts, because the soul is there seated. Galen thought that every part of the body had its soul. Strato has placed it betwixt the eyebrows. Qua facia quidem sit animus, aut ubi habitet, ne quirendum quidem est. What figure the soul is of, or what part it inhabits, is not to be inquired into, says Cicero. I very willingly deliver this author to you in his own words, for should I alter eloquence itself? Besides, it were but a poor prize to steal the matter of his inventions. They are neither very frequent, nor of any great weight, and sufficiently known. But the reason why Chrysippus argues it to be about the heart, as all the rest of that sect do, is not to be omitted. It is, says he, because when we would affirm any things we lay our hand upon our breasts, and when we would pronounce ego, which signifies I, we let the lower jaw fall towards the stomach. This place ought not to be passed over without a remark upon the vanity of so great a man. 
for besides that these considerations are infinitely light in themselves the last is only a proof to the greeks that they have their souls lodged in that part no human judgment is so sprightly and vigilant that it does not sometimes sleep why do we fear to say the stoics the fathers of human prudence think that the soul of a man crushed under a ruin long labors and strives to get out like a mouse caught in a trap before it can disengage itself from the burden some hold that the world was made to give bodies by way of punishment to the spirits fallen by their own fault from the purity wherein they had been created the first creation having been incorporeal and that according as they are more or less depraved from their spirituality so are they more or less jocundly or dully incorporated and that thence proceeds all the variety of so much created matter but the spirit that for his punishment was invested with the body of the sun must certainly have a very rare and particular measure of change end of section 47